0: I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Today, I'm continuing our series going through each Enneagram type in detail. I'll run through a description of that type, their motivations, fears, worldview, and more. I'll also give you a common mistypes as well. Today we are discussing type 2, the helper. So the motivation for the helper is to be loved and liked. Their major fear is not being lovable. Type 2s are helpful, generous, warm, and loving. They learn somewhere along the way that love is earned through what we do for other people. They tend to see the world as a sea of emotional temperatures, picking up the energy that people are sharing and adjusting their own behavior to meet the needs they perceive in the room. The impulse to serve from a two isn't necessarily conscious. In fact, to most twos, it's second nature and seems like the most natural thing in the world to step in and meet the need of someone, especially someone they don't know very well. Twos are in the feeling or shame triad, which means they spend a lot of time aware of how they are being perceived. It's important for type twos to be perceived as loving, warm, and giving. Two struggle with resentment. And this can happen because of a lack of boundaries being set, sometimes from overgiving without receiving in return, and not even communicating that maybe they have needs. Sometimes this resentment happens because they expect others to love in the way that they do. Type twos anticipate the needs of the people they care about and the people they're around. And a lot of other numbers don't do that. And so, for a lot of times, you know, twos are expending a lot of energy giving and are on the back end not receiving that energetic match, um, which can lead to resentment if not communicated clearly. Now, our type twos are considerate, they're patient, they're gracious. They're forgiving and are likely the person who has made you feel the most loved in your life. It's important for twos to see themselves as lovable and worthy of love, often doing things to earn that love. They orient in the world with the burden that others depend on them for help, that they are needed but they do not need, that they are only as lovable as they are giving. And Because of this, they spend a lot of their energy focused on what others are experiencing and if they themselves can be of service. In relationships, our twos may find themselves feeling unloved because they aren't open to receiving love. A two has kind of this detachment from their own needs. They're very aware of the needs of other people, but not necessarily the needs that they have. So they spend their time offering love, but not making themselves available to receive in return. They also expect others to anticipate their needs, right? Like we talked about before, as they anticipate the needs of everyone else. And when this doesn't occur, it can feel like their needs are intentionally being ignored. So our 2s, they move from type 2 up to type 8 in stress. So in stress indicators for our type 2 are those low-level behaviors of our type 8. So resentment, anger, disregarding the feelings of others, um, being very explosive even. Now the recovery from that stress, and the prevention and the recovery, both happen from that high end of the eight. So the ability to develop their personal power for them to care less about how others are reacting to them, expressing themselves directly and confidently. And often now at the rest move for our type twos moves to four. So what this can look like taking time for themselves, authentically expressing their emotions, increasing their creativity and in help enhancing their self-exploration. The two wings available for type two are three and one. I believe that we really need both of our wings to balance us out and to give us what we need, but we usually lean into one as our dominant. So what this can look like is when you're leaning into that one as your dominant wing, the desire to give is paired with the desire for justice and doing the right thing. This can lead to overgiving for a cause, maybe getting overly involved in a nonprofit organization or over-serving in your community beyond what you really can do, you know, burning out in in favor of giving to those in need. It can also lead to being more aware of how others should be, you know, having an ideal way of being a person and and applying that to others. Now, when the three-wing is dominant, you may find that you have the desire to give paired with the desire to achieve. You may be more likely to become a workaholic, focused more on what you're giving in the workplace. You may also be more helpful to those that know can help you rather than just anyone. Now, when you're intentionally bringing these wings in to serve you and to kind of help you out, what can happen is that as you pull in the one wing to help you really pull in that discipline, that giving to all the people, no matter who they are, seeing the worth of all people and, and not playing favorites... Um, also being really confident in who you are, regardless of how you're being perceived and really having strong moral values behind the actions that you do. When the three wing is pulled in intentionally, we're building out that muscle. What that can look like is putting your goals first, you know, having a clear idea of what you want your life to look like and, and working toward that vision. It can also mean being really inspiring to other people in the pursuit of goals and being a really, really good networker. So I want to break down the subtypes of type 2. So if you haven't heard me talk on subtypes before, there's a whole podcast episode just on that, but for now I'll talk you a little bit about it. So essentially we all have all three subtypes. The subtypes are basically what we need to survive. So that self-preservation, sexual or one-to-one, and social. The things that keep us alive as humans, right? But usually we have one that pulls to the surface. And when that subtype pairs with our dominant type pattern, it can mean that our behavior is shifted based off of that survival need. Because of this, there usually is one or one type in each subtype for each number that is the counter type. And what this means is you maybe are motivated by the same things as, you know, as that number is motivated by. So as a two, you know, you're motivated by being loved and liked, but your behavior isn't necessarily as obviously two as maybe the other two subtypes. So when you maybe feel like you you are a two, but you don't resonate with a lot of the two content that gets put out, you could be a counter type of the two. So I'll walk through each of those for our type two. So our self, self-preservation two is the counter type of two. Now this is, this too is more concerned about being loved for just who they are. They want to be adored for who they are as a person rather than what they are achieving, what they've done for you. So this too is often childlike. They want to be taken care of, but isn't always aware that they have kind of this dependency on other people, but they do naturally attract protective people um, to surround them and take care of them, usually using their childlike behavior, their charm. This is our countertype, so they often look like type 7 or type 4, sometimes even type 6. So our sexual subtype, they focus more on seduction. So they can be mistyped for a 4, but they want to be desired. So they seduce others. They take pride in being attractive, pride in ability to attract and seduce other people. Sexual 2s may be serial monogamous. Um They may find themselves really in constant pursuit of relationship. Our social 2s, They're known for their ambition. They kind of seduce the crowd. They have a strong influence over others and can be really powerful leaders. They're kind of the more adult of the twos, um, if we're being stereotypical. They are typically very intellectual. They stand out in a crowd and can often be mistyped as a three or an eight. Now, our common mistypes for type two are as follows, four, six, seven, and nine. I'm going to run a little bit through, you know, what are the similarities and the differences between these types. So just in case you're deciding, am I a two or am I another number? I think this will give you a little bitty taste into, you know, where you might land. So first fours, so some similarities between type two and type four, they're both feeling types. They both resonate with the idea of being very emotional, being very driven by their emotions. They're both image focused, very aware of how they're being perceived by other people. And they're both incredibly focused on their relationships focused on and engaged with the act of you know how close am i to this person how far away do they feel now the difference is here that twos tend to pursue others and really engage with them whereas fours are a lot more withdrawing Um, they kind of pull back and hope that they will be pursued twos are very aware of how others feel but not as much as how they feel. So twos are a little bit disconnected from their own feelings and their own needs, but hyper aware of how others are feeling and what they're needing. Now fours are kind of the opposite, right? Like They're primarily attuned to their own emotional states and not as able to recognize how that impacts other people. Now our type sixes. So some similarities between type two and six is that they're both warm and engaging. They both want to be liked or approved of, Um, And they're both very people-oriented and can make sacrifices in favor of other people. Now, the difference is here that sixes seek approval from others on their decisions, while twos more seek admiration. Sixes are more uncertain of inviting new people in, while twos spread their net very wide and kind of flatter lots of strangers. Sixes are less comfortable with intimacy, while twos crave intimacy more than anything. Twos are less likely to look to an authority figure for answers, whereas sixes are less inclined to attempt to flatter and win over strangers. The one that I get asked most about between for types is if I'm their people are a two or a seven. So some similarities for two and seven is that they're both positive reframers. They both really view the world through a positive lens and can reframe situations to be positive. Both can also be very emotional. Both are friendly and often warm. Now, the difference is here that emotions of a seven change really quickly rather than feeling very deeply. They're usually more on display and they happen really fast, a little bit more volatile. Twos are more inclined to hide their emotions from other people. Twos want to be intimate with people while sevens are not as inclined to get involved in the lives of other people. So sevens are a little bit more autonomous. They don't see themselves as the center of a community. Um, or their family, but rather is like the solo world um, traveler who kind of pops in and out of the lives of others. Now, most twos want to be needed, whereas most sevens want anything except be needed. They don't want to be needed by anyone. They have very little patience for people who are dependent on them. Average twos can kind of feel um, kind of a possession of their friends or their family, like they they're owed the love in return. Whereas sevens to be a lot less attached to people. They let people go very easily and very quickly. The other big difference is that sevens, while they are emotionally expressive, are still in the thinking center. So a lot of the action, a lot of the thoughts are happening in their mind. You know, they're processing their feelings through their intellect. They're experiencing the world through their brains. Whereas twos are more inclined to feel their way through life, their existence. Our final common mistype for type 2 is type 9. So some similarities is that they're both others-focused. They're both sacrificing, loving, warm people. Now the difference is here that twos are more action-oriented. They're typically more driven, more likely to insert themselves into situations. While nines try their best to not offend anyone with their presence, twos can inadvertently offend because they are inserting themselves without permission. Now I did a full-on podcast for this particular mistype, So you can find that under common mistypes in the podcast itself. I like those mistype episodes because I get to interview two people of of each number, one person of each number, and they talk about how they, you know, they talk to me about their life, their dreams, their hopes, and you can hear the difference in the way that they think and the way that they speak. And so it might help you to see yourself in that number. So if you're deciding between two and nine, definitely go check out that episode. So that's our, you know, kind of in tiny little sliver introduction into type two. I love talking about the types and I can't wait to dive even deeper into them with you on the podcast. Um, Next episode like this will be on type three, but stay tuned and I will see you next week for our next episode. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, it just means the world to a podcaster. If you can give us a five-star rating and a review in iTunes. It's kind of how we get our podcast to new listeners, and um, is kind of the equivalent of sharing it to your friends. You know, it doesn't hurt to share with your friends as well, but um, giving us that review is a really big deal for podcasters. So if you don't mind, take a few seconds, go pop over, give me that five-star review if you liked today's episode. And I'm always taking suggestions for podcast ideas, so if you have questions or things you're interested in, don't hesitate to send a message our way. Our email is hello at enneagramandcoffee.com. I would love to hear from you. And finally, if you are someone who's interested in the Enneagram and wants to dive deeper into doing personal work with the Enneagram, I have Club Enneagram. You get an email once a week that has journal prompts for the entire week, every single day. And you have kind of a theme for the week to think about. Something um, interesting like your blind spots or your relationships or how your Enneagram may impact your self-confidence. And then we have a private Instagram community where I go live every Monday and answer all of your Enneagram-related questions, and we just get to know each other. There's type-specific chat rooms in the Instagram account, you know, DM communities, where you can get to know other people of your type and just talk about life and love and Enneagram and all the good things. So if that's something that interests you as well, it's $20 a month, you guys, like way less than I spend on coffee in a week. (laughs) And, um, I would love to have you join us. So you can check that out at www.clubenneagram.com. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.